Clear vision. Yeah. That's our. That's my thing now. Twenty twenty. Oh yeah. Science. Science. Numbers. Twenty twenty. You know, uh, we learned Thursday night, Tuesday night. Twenty was uh, in the Bible. Twenty is the number of breakthrough. So I thought that was pretty good. This is a year of breakthrough. So I'm excited about that. I think that's going to be a good thing. Okay, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Could do some roaring. We'll see. Roaring 20s? Yeah, absolutely. That was a month or two ago, right? You guys join me in prayer. I just want to pray one more time before we get going tonight. Heavenly Father. Lord God, tonight we just ask for your presence. We ask, Father God, that, that as we share your word tonight, that we absolutely get it. That we understand, Father God, that, that you have a plan for us. That you, Father God, want us to get to the finish line. That you want us, Father God, to finish this race that you've given us, and you want us to finish it well. And so tonight, Father God, I absolutely pray that as we read your word, as we share, as we talk, Father, that we get it. That we understand, Father, that, that your plans are so much better than ours. And that, Lord God, your, your wine is the only wine I want. Mm -hmm. That, Father God, I want to put new wine into a new wineskin. So, Father God, tonight I pray for that, for that picture in our minds. So allow, allow your presence here tonight. We give the glory in Jesus' name. So yeah, we have been going to school. I'm I'm a college student again. You yeah, believe that? Yeah. Fifty-five years old and a freshman in college. Yeah. We're almost in our second semester, right? Good, we're getting there. But you know what I love? I love the fact that I've 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 been speaking for years. I mean, I was a youth pastor at Crossroads for a long time. I'm still a pastor at Crossroads. I still. Um, do a lot of ministry for Team True Racing, where I get to speak uh, out in the desert, you know, every month or so at the Grand Prix. Um, we do a service. That's what I do. So I've been speaking for years. But it's crazy how in the last four or five months, God's just took me and shook me to the floor and said, that was nice. That was nice. Good on you. So proud that you gave it this idea that you have. But I have so much more. I have so, if you would open my word and actually read it, Jay, if you would read it with, with the intention of who was I speaking to when it was written? Who was that message to? Was it, was it, to me, I wasn't living 2,000 years ago. I have to understand the culture. I have to understand what those people were going through. If I don't understand that, then it's hard for me to truly comprehend what the Bible's telling me. And I never, ever thought of that before. And so I have had a huge awakening. You know, the last year, I've been speaking on the letters of the church. Um, it's a book by Francis Chan, and I absolutely love that book. It was life-changing for me, and I actually went to my pastor, Corley, and I said, Bill, this book is life-changing. we got to do it. And so we as a church at Crossroads, we actually hungered down, and we went through that book. We started new life groups, and, and we've been able to, to engage a lot more people in the home groups. And so that's been exciting for me. I really enjoyed what that brought to the table. I really felt that it was a successful move of God. It was so great tonight that Josh talked about, God, we need to move. Mm -hmm. And I felt so strongly last year that God, we need to move. And then he shook the earth to the core. <laughs> and I got to tell you, that was, that was a great thing for our city. Amen. That earthquake, it, it moved it moved hearts, it moved minds. Yeah, it caused fear. Yeah, it caused problems. But, but God awoke spiritual foundations in our city. And I, I believe we are coming into a time of revival. 
I believe that our city, we are going to have the Balsam Street Revival. I believe that. I claim that in Jesus' name, that we are going to see things down here like we saw at Azusa Street. I believe Rich for Us is going to do things and be someplace that people from all over the world want to be involved with. And you know what? When I walk in these stores, I understand that. I feel the presence of God here. And I want tonight for all of us to know that we can have the presence of God wherever we're at. It's not a building. It's not doors. It's literally the presence of God. He's calling right now. <laughs> you know, so many of us, we've grown up in church. We, we grew up, we, all we've ever known is church. We, we went to church when we were kids. Our grandparents went to church. Our mom and dad went to church. We, we went to church. That's what we knew. Going to church is what we did. But I think we're entering into this time with God where he wants a real relationship. He wants our relationships to be based on so much more than a building, upon a church, upon a sermon every Sunday. I didn't have that blessing. I didn't grow up going to church. I mean, off and on, I went to church. But my dad owned a liquor store. And it was tough for him to go to church because a lot of people came in and bought liquor. A lot of pastors and lay leaders and people in churches were there on Monday morning after preaching on Sunday and he'd be like, can I just see you yesterday? Yeah, I'll take that 15 bean, thanks, and keep your mouth shut. That tore my dad apart. And because of that, I grew up with hypocrisy. I grew up with that kind of a church. Oh, man, I don't know. But you know what? God's bigger than that. God's so much bigger than that. He took my life and he absolutely allowed me to start having relationships. And he allowed me to start having people in my life that had true relationships with Jesus. And because of that, here I am today. The cruel thing, my dad got saved before he died. Come on. Amen. My dad was at a kindergarten graduation, praise Lutheran Church, or not our Savior's Lutheran. Pastor Hoffman was telling him, why we need Jesus? And it was for these little kindergartens. I look over my dad, he's just bald. Dad, what's going on? He goes, I get it. I get Jesus. Last five years before he passed. Man, we had a great relationship. We got to use the word. But I, I want to talk about that type of a life, being double-minded. I can tell you that's never God's plan for us. He wants us to live in power. God wants us to not have weakness. He wants to have a church where he has a voice. And you know, in our country, we've allowed a very small group of people to tell us that we as a church, we don't have a voice. That this separation of church and state has gotten to the point where pastors are afraid to speak about God, about the Bible from the pulpit. Separation of church and state was never meant to be about no church and government. It was meant so that no church was in charge of the so that no one church would ever be state-run, federally-run. So we all have a voice. So everyone's beliefs would be respected. And I'm, I'm really happy that, that many of us pastors, many people with lay ministry are starting to go, hmm, this doesn't add up. Most of our founding fathers, they were men of faith. They all believed in a creator. Thomas Jefferson was passionate about that and he wanted to make sure that we never had the kind of church that they had in Europe because that's what we all ran away from. That's what they didn't want to have here in America. If you've ever gone into Thomas Jefferson's memorial in Washington <coughs> and you look at the wall, it's all about God. 
the whole thing is about God. I mean, the first time I read that and saw that, I was in awe. I was like, I thought this guy was like separation of church and state. And yet, all they talked about was God. It blew my mind. It made me realize that we need to stand up as a church. We all need to be able to speak about our faith. You know, our, my instructor, Rob Cavell, he tells me that if two adults cannot have a conversation about faith and not get angry, we have a problem. We should be able to share our faith. We should be able to be excited about our faith and share it with anyone. And, and if they get mad, we need, we need to tone it down. We need to walk away because bottom line, we should never get angry when we're talking about Jesus. Anger and Jesus don't go hand in hand. Just doesn't do it. Ephesians 3, 10 through 12 says this. It's coming up. I'm learning to be slower with the Bible. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through him, in him we may approach God with freedom and confidence. So let's talk about church. Strong's word, Strong's is a concordance that talks about different words in the Bible. It gives you references to where it looked, where it looked those things up. So I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be quoting Strong's concordance. So if you want to go back and look them up, it's G1577. The Greek word for church is ekklesia. I like that word. Ekklesia. It's a wonderful word. It means a popular meeting for a community of members. But you know what I didn't know? It can mean in heaven or on earth. The ekklesia, the church, is not about just here. A lot of us think that when we get to heaven, we're done with church. That's going to be some kind of paradise where we get to roost on our favorite trails and go surfing and do all that. I don't know if we could do any of that. I don't know if that's heaven, but I do know is we're still going to have church. We're still going to be the ecclesia. We're still going to be meeting together to praise and worship God. It might not look like this, but we are still going to be the ecclesia. We are still going to be important each other and important to God. I think it's important to know that. I, mean, I think we're going to be gathering and praising God until the end of time because it's about our relationship with God. It's not about our desires. It's about our relationship with God. We don't get to do everything we want in heaven. That's fantasy island. And God doesn't know that. He's not. That's tattoo. <laughs> that's not the boss. The plane. The plane. The, that's that's fantasy island. That's not heaven. I just want to make sure we're all sure about that. The root word for the word church is kaleo. That's the Greek root word for ecclesia, and it means to be called out, to be separated. Ultimately, it says that uh, we are the called out ones. If we're the ecclesia, we are the called out ones. We are the ones that are to live separately. We are a church, and we're supposed to be doing a better job at that. I mean, why would anyone in this world want to go to church if everyone that goes there is the same as they are? What's the difference? What's the difference? Are our divorce rates the same now as the world? Our teen pregnancy rate is the same as the world. Our suicide rate is now the same as the world. Why would anybody want to hang out with us? We're not different. We're not set apart. We're not living our lives in a way that brings God glory. We're the ecclesia. We're the set of apart ones. 
I hate those statistics. But you know what I can tell you? Jesus Christ still has the power to transform us today mm -hmm. as he did 2,000 years ago. And his death is just as important today as it was 2,000 years ago. And his resurrection is just as real today as it was 2,000 years ago. The church has not lost its meaning. It's not lost its desires, and it's not lost what God has planned for us. We have to strive to have higher minds. We have to work toward kingdom living. Our goal should be making disciples and, and that we are living to bring truly heaven on earth. That should be our goal. That they will all know that we are Christians by our love. I mean, they sing that after every service here on Thursday nights. They will know we are Christians by our love. You want to change the world? Love them. You want to make somebody different? You want to, you want to have a relationship that someone's different than you? Love them. You think someone has a faith that you're not sure about? So what? Love them. Love them. You want to know what the answer is? Love them. You want to change Ridgecrest? Love people. Love hard people to love. Yes. I got to tell you, when I first started coming down to the lighthouse, there was people that needed help. And every now and then I'd be like, oh man, God, what are you asking of me? You know that I'm not good at this. And he'd be like, really? I love them. What's your problem? <laughs> Boom. It's like, oh. I mean, it was tough. My first couple of weeks coming down here and hang out with people, I was like, God, why am I here? Because uh, you love me? <laughs> right, but why am I here? Because uh, I love them. Yes. Man, it was tough for me, but I can tell you now, I can't think of anything better. I hang out here just because sometimes. <clears throat> I come down here on Sundays when there's nobody here. Sometimes terror bugs me. But I like to come here on Sundays and just lay right here on the stage. First time I ever had a vision was right here on the stage. God knocked me cold, and I sat here, and I absolutely was out, out. And I literally had a conversation with Jesus telling me, this is my hologram. I'm that cornerstone right there on the stage. And I was out. I'm, Jeannie and Tara were literally rubbing me and going, come on, babe. I was out. The fruit, the fruit that we bear will be evident and it will have the ability to change hearts. We will walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and that power will bring revival to our city. It will bring transformation and reformation to the city. Mm -hmm. If we can love without prejudice, without judgment, Love is what is going to change our world. Second Peter 1, 3 through 4. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises. So that through him, you may participate in the divine nature of having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. We get to participate in divine nature. The Greek, we're going to go into some Greek and, and just so you know, I'm digging this stuff. So if you don't like it, eh, this is me now. I'm going to preach from knowledge. I'm not going to preach from feelings anymore. So the Greek word for, for divine power is dunamis. They say it might be where the word dynamite comes from, you know, power, but dunamis, that's the, the word miraculous power is what it really means. Miraculous power, usually by invocation or a miracle itself, mighty, wonderful work of God. So when we read that scripture, we really should be reading his divine miracles has given us everything we need for a godly life. 
His divine miracles. We've forgotten what that means in America. We've forgotten about God's miracles, about His divine nature, about the power. We don't seek God for miracles like we used to. You know, you go to Africa or third world countries, those people, they expect miracles. They don't have doctors. They can't go to the clinic. You know, in, in America, if we get sick, first thing we do is we go to the hospital or WebMD. <laughs> you gotta stay off of WebMD. For love, please stay off of I had a guy come to work, I'm pretty sure I got cancer, man. I was like, it's a scratch on your arm. He goes, no, I looked it up on WebMD. <laughs> What are you telling me? I'm like, oh, I'm dying. I can't be at work tomorrow. I was like, yeah, you don't get to go to WebMD ever again. <laughs> Stay off of WebMD. Stay away. But honestly, we should be thinking Jehovah Rapha, mm. our mighty healer. When we get sick, when our life comes against us, and, you know, I know not everyone gets healed. I have prayed over people for months, years. People I love and adore, and they still die. But I will never stop praying. That's right. I will never seek God second again. Yeah. I will seek Him first. Yes. I will seek His miracles first, and I will absolutely depend on that divine, miraculous power mm -hmm. because I believe that's what changes lives. Mm -hmm. I believe that is what we're missing in our city. That is what we're missing in our country, and that is what is going to heal our land. We need to call on our elders. We need to pray for the sick. We're missing the best part of being a child. We're missing the greatest part of the ecclesia, the greatest part of unity. This opportunity to come together, to break bread, to pray over one another. That is what ecclesia means. That is what it's all about. It's all about divine power, trusting in God, and doing life together. Miraculous power. The dunamis power. Acts 2, 1 through 4. I love this scripture. Every time I read this, I see this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, it sounded like a blowing of a violent wind, like a waterfall. Came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues and other languages as the Spirit enabled them. Now, I'm, I'm not teaching here that we all and speak in tongues. I'm, I'm not that pastor. Just so you know, <clears throat> that's not me. <clears throat> but I do believe tongues is a gift from God. I do believe some people speak in tongues and that's their gift. And man, I love it. I wish it was my gift because that's cool. <laughs> not my thing. But you know what? That's okay. Because I love it says this, all together in one place. The Greek word for that is homeo. Homeo means in one accord, all together, to be unanimous. To me, that should be our goal all the time, to have the same purpose as we meet, to be able to share the good news of Jesus and to do it with power. I mean, honestly, I'm tired. I'm tired of, I'm tired of boring Christianity. That's right. That is our tribe thing right now. Tara... We're all saying it, man, I'm tired of boring Christianity. I don't want no more boring Christianity. I'm tired of it. I am. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of just warming pews. I'm tired of just going to church on Sunday and singing a couple songs and, and going home and, and then being done. Right. I don't want to live that way. If I'm going to be a Christian, I want to be a Christian. I want to live with Duna's power. I want to be praying with people. I want to be breaking bread. I want to be living a life that brings God glory. Not just on Sunday. I want to do it every day of the week. I want to go for it. I want to live that life. I want us to be homeo. All together in one purpose. I want us to have dunamis. I want us to have power. I want 2020 
what Jesus has given us. I want us to remember why we need Jesus. Why we need to hang out with our friends. To be in one accord, to be in agreement. We're not able to do this thing called life alone. We're horrible at it. We're horrible at being alone. We fall short every time. But when we're homeo, when we're together, when we have dunamis power, man, we move mountains. We do things. It's crazy what I've seen happen in the last two years of my life. Healings. Deliverances. Holy Spirit moving in ways that I couldn't even dream of. All right, God, bring it. Let's go. Okay, Isaiah, Isaiah 53, 4 through 6. This is a New King James Version or New American Standard. Either one of those is what I'd like to read this in. And you'll understand why in a second. But I want you to hear these words. Because this truly is about our Savior. Surely he hath borne our grief. And carried our sorrows. Yet we did, we did esteem him stricken. We did esteem him stricken. Smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And Jehovah has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He's laid the sins of us all. This is literally one of the strongest prophetic scriptures in the Bible about Jesus, about what he went through. I'm going to point out a couple words in here. Esteemed. Strong's Hebrew, it's uh, Hebrew 2803. The root word for that is chisab. It means to weave, to generate, to fabricate, to contrive in a malicious way. To think, to regard, to value. Surely we did esteem him stricken. Surely we did contrive in a malicious way to have him smitten of God. It's because of us. We contrived maliciously. We esteemed so that Christ was smitten. We fabricated that. It's personal. Next word I want you to consider is, is laid. Jehovah has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The Hebrew for that is uh, Hebrew 2693, but the the root word for that is pagah. And it means to impinge violently. But it also has the meaning to be an intercessor. So I want you to remember this. And when I was praying about this, I actually had a vision. And I saw Jesus on the cross. And literally all the sins of the world were raining down. And I mean, he was soaked. I mean, he was, he was like in water soaked. And then I heard him cry out. And I don't, I don't know if we're, we won't worry about it, but, but it's Matthew 27, 46, you can bring it up. And it says, about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabastiani, that is, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And I never saw this before, but at that moment when Jesus said that, it was because God couldn't look at him. He couldn't see him because all of our sins were on him. He was wet with, with my and your sins. And because of that, God couldn't even look upon him. He was forsaken by God. He was fully man, fully forsaken, and at that moment in time, he was the lamb. Just like the Passover when, when the Hebrews put their hands on the lamb and transferred their sins 
and then split their throat. Jesus was on the cross for us. And at that moment, at that moment, God could not even look upon him because of our sins. That was overwhelming to me. And then I realized he laid upon him the iniquity of us all. And I realized that word, Bagah. Because of our sins, he became our intercessor. Because of our sins, he goes to God for us. He's reminded constantly of us because he's wet with our sin. And he is our intercessor. So he goes to the Father day in, day out, and says, ah, 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 ah. It's okay, Dad. He's with me. He belongs to me. That's huge. That is miraculous power. That is dunamis. That is why I believe in Jesus. That is why I do what I do. Because I'm reminded of that moment. Of that moment when, when, when the world says he lost. We say we won. At that moment was our victory. At that moment was dunamis power. That was miraculous power. And that, that makes me happy. And that gives me joy. And that gives me the desire to continue to strive to be Christ-like. If we are going to become new wine, if we're going to become new wine, we have to understand the way of the cross. We have to understand what it means to be truly forgiven. That he is our intercessor, that he is the one that gives us new wineskins. He is the one that transforms us from that old yucky wine to the new fresh wineskin. That is so good. Mark. This is Mark 2, 21 through 22. It says, no one sews the pats of an unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Otherwise, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into an old wineskin. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skin, and both the wine and the wineskin will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. 2020, this is our year. This is our breakthrough become new wineskins. This is that year where all those things that we've been like, eh, God, I'm just going to keep fixing this wineskin. I'm going to keep, I'm going to pass this up, you know. I still love you. I want to be right with you. I want that new wine, but I don't want to get rid of the skin. <laughs> you got to give it up. That's right. That's right. You got to give it up. You got to let it go. Yeah. You got to let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Yeah. You gotta let it go. This is the year of breakthrough. If you're a new believer, remember that you are a new creation. If you're an old believer, remember you're a new creation. There's absolutely no difference. We are all new creations in Christ. And I want you to remember we all fall. But we are new every morning. Every morning we have the same opportunity to kick butt as we did the day before. Except now we're stronger because we learned. We got hit, took us down. All right, we got up. What's Proverbs say? The wise man <coughs> may fall seven times, but he rises eight. I'm paraphrasing really bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. We have to wake up and make sure that we get new wineskins. We don't want to keep trying to pass the old ones. If we're going to be the ecclesia of the church, the separated ones, we have to be new. Ephesians 1, 9 through 10 says, yeah, I'm sorry. I get so excited. <laughs> it's so funny reading. Reading God's word is so different for me. I want to go, I, I go to this, 
uh, that's blueletterbible.net.org. And literally, you can, you can go to any scripture and it gives you the Hebrew, it gives you the Greek, it gives you the interlinear. It's like, what is going on? It's so different now. It takes forever to read the Bible. Yeah. But you know what? So what? It's all good. Okay. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to its good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity in all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. We have a dominion mandate. I don't know why I was, so, I was blind for so long. But I truly feel that God is removing the blinders in my life. And I'm hoping that he's going to remove the blinders in all of our lives. And we have to work towards unity in the ecclesia. We have to work towards unity in our churches. I don't think God likes all of the different denominations. I don't think it pleases him that, why can't we all just get along? Why can't we all just get along? And, and you know, I'm not saying you shouldn't go to this church or that church. I'm just saying when we come together, we share unity. Yes. If you're more comfortable praising God one way, that's cool. If you're more comfortable doing communion a certain way, that's cool. But we're together, we should be able to praise God. We should be able to love each other and praise God. My goal this year is to love people, to go to different churches in a way that I never did before. To appreciate them, to enjoy their company, and to just encourage them to break bread with me wherever we're at. Mm -hmm. Friendships, develop friendships with everyone, because that's how we're going to have new wine and new wineskins. Mm -hmm. If we all are together, if we all have the same purpose, if we all are striving for thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth that it is in heaven. We need to work for kingdom living. We keep getting so wrapped up about what tomorrow's going to bring. Well, no matter what, God's going to bring it. I'm not in control of that. I truly believe that there's nothing but good coming. I believe that good things are coming our way. The church has good things coming. Yes, amen. And we need to strive towards that. Strive towards being happy. Strive, because who wants to go to church where everyone's sad? <laughs> Quit being sad. We should not be sad in church. I mean, I've been a little serious tonight, but I've laughed a little bit. We got to be happy. We got to look forward. We got to have joy because. How are we going to reach an unsaved world if we're all sad? <laughs> Why would anybody want to come hang out with me? Oh, hey, today we're going to be talking about end times or we're going to be talking about something that's going to be sad. <laughs> we have to talk about that. We have to talk about hell. We have to talk about those things. It's important. It's important to know that there is a hell. It's important to know that if you sin, you're don't know Jesus, you're going to go there. And we should probably talk about that more often. But the ecclesia, the unity, it's hard if we're not having joy with each other. Freedom. Freedom is a word that I hear a lot. A lot of churches, a lot of people talk about freedom. But we need to understand that it does not mean that we have the right to do what we want to do. It means that we are free to serve without prejudice. And it means that we are free to love without religion. It means that we are able to worship God in spirit and in truth. Galatians 3.13 says this. I'm almost done. Wrap it up. I promise. We're almost there. We're almost getting in the car. It says, you, my brothers and sisters... We're called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. 
So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. You know, last couple of weeks I've been um, I've been talking a lot to a Muslim believer, and what he's taught me. I need to get my act together because he knows the word. He knows the Quran. He knows the Bible. He knows it all. But he lives under the law. He has no freedom, and so my only weapon is the freedom of Jesus Christ, the grace of God. That is my weapon against people that live under law. But I love the fact that the entire law can be summed up to love your neighbor. The entire law can be summed up. That's what the Bible says. Just speak in the word of God. The entire law, love your neighbor as yourself. You want to change the world? Love people. You want to show people that Jesus is real? Love them. Quit worrying about being different. Quit worrying if your faith is different. <coughs> know what you believe. Know what you believe. Know your faith. Know Jesus. Know the Bible. Know God. No love. Because that's our weapon. Those are our weapons against this world. To know our faith. To know God. To know love. Be ready to live in dominus power. Believing that God still performs miracles. Be ready to pray for the sick. To lay hands on them. I hear people say, oh, I'm not good at praying. I was like, well... Do you practice? Practice, yeah. Like in front of people? Yeah, well, just do it at home out loud, you know? Instead of praying quietly, try being at home and just pray out loud. That's where I started. I'd be like, okay, hey, God, God, I need to talk. Go ahead. Pray me like out loud. I would like you to speak out loud. <laughs> There's nobody here, Jay. <laughs> God wants us to talk to him. He wants us to talk to him just like he's right there. I have a habit of waking up every morning and I look over in the corner and I see Jesus. What's that? I have a conversation with him. I act like he's right there. I know what's in my head. I, I don't know, maybe it's God. It's God's boy now yeah. I'm like, Jesus? But having that thought in my mind, that I'm personally speaking to him, like my, like he's right there in the room with me all the time. It changes my prayer. It changes my morning routine. It changes how I feel about God. It's real, and it's made a difference in my life. So I encourage you guys to do it. When the time comes, remember this. Obedience to the Lord is the fruit and the proof of our maturity in our faith. If we're going to become new wine for Jesus, that means that we're going to walk in obedience. Not because we're commanded to, but because we're free to. Yes. Do you understand that? Mm -hmm. We walk in obedience not because we're commanded to, because we're free to. Because we want to, because we love him. If you truly think that you're walking in a relationship with God, your freedom will always lead you to God's will. The Spirit of God will never lead you contrary to God's nature. And you know what? God's nature is holiness. Don't forget that. He is holy. He is so holy. Okay, we're going to close tonight. We're going to pray. But 
You know what? God's just been telling me this whole week that at the end, Jay, if you feel led, I want you to be bold. So I'm going to be bold tonight. If you want newness in your spirit, if you want something new from God tonight, come on. Let us pray over you tonight. If you're feeling you want newness power in your life, Come forward. I want you guys to absolutely feel when you leave here tonight that God's power is real in your life. Mm -hmm. Don't leave here tonight. That's one of his prayers over you. If you feel that way, do not leave until we pray. Can you play that song? Did you ever find it? It's no big deal. I'm just going to pray. Yeah, I found it on YouTube. Did you find it on YouTube? Sure. Okay. So I'm going to pray, and then uh, we're going to listen to the song. And while this song is playing, if you want to come up and get prayer, we normally close with, uh, he'll know us by our love, but man, God told me, I want you to close with this song tonight. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we, we're all in. We're all in, God. 22 or 2020 is our year, Father God. Our year for breakthrough, our year, Father God, for obedience to you, our year, Father God, of falling in love in a way that we never dreamed possible. I pray, Father God, for my family, my friends, for anyone here tonight that, that has never known you, that Jesus, they make a decision for you tonight. That Jesus, they actually say, I need that. I need to be forgiven. I need Jesus Christ in my life. So Father God, we pray for them tonight. We pray for those that are watching online, whatever. Father, God, Jesus, forgive us. Allow us, Father God, to, to be clean as driven snow. Father God, we absolutely believe that you rose from dead. And we absolutely believe, Father God, that you are our Savior. And there is none but you. Father God, I absolutely thank you for your Holy Spirit. And I pray right now for it to be here in a mighty way. For its presence, Father God, to be able to speak to hearts and minds. And allow us to absolutely go, mm, Jesus, I love you. So, Father, thank you, we praise you, and we give the glory, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can you play that? If you want prayer, you want to And, uh, yeah, God bless you guys. I love you.